Welcome to the What If We Loved podcast with your hosts, Bruce and Shay Mason and Janie Hogan. In this podcast, we explore what the love of God the Father really looks like. We want to help you enter into a deeper experience of His love for you so you can better know who God is, who you are, and how to live a life in love every single day. We are back. This is Janie, and I'm with Bruce and Shay here. And today we are going to talk about vulnerability. So, how are you guys doing? How are we feeling I'm about good. this? Feeling very vulnerable. Super vulnerable <laughs> right now. Just gonna lay it all out on the table. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're we're good. Yeah, we're good. We're um, getting ready to head off overseas for a bit. Yeah, we're gearing up for a big big trip to New Zealand for three months. So we're very excited about that. And that's where Shay, well, both of you kind of really learned how to be vulnerable, right? It's true. Yeah. That was a big, like, it's funny. Now that you said that, I actually, I have a letter tucked into my Bible that I wrote to myself when we got to New Zealand. And it was something we were told to do, to write a letter to yourself, talking about your expectations, your hopes, about your time there. So this, uh, was, this wasn't the government asking us to do that. This was no, the, no, this is, the inheriting the, the, inheriting the nation. Sorry, this school. is when we got to the ministry school. Yeah, the, no, the, the, the Kiwi government does not require that of you. Um, That's required on entry. Your hopes, your right, dreams. Right. They're like, we see that you're American and we know that you probably have some weird, weird beliefs going on. So we need we just, you to clear those out. We just need to know what you're all about. Um, no, but at the beginning of the ministry school, when we were there six years ago, we were asked to write a letter to ourselves um, just talking about what we, what we hope to receive from God while we were there. And so I, I have my letter. I found it sometime after, um, after we came back from New Zealand and it amazed me how God met me and all of my hopes, all of my, even laying out my fears. Uh, he just came in and mm-hmm. turned it upside down and, yeah, it was really, really beautiful. And I and one of the things that I said to myself in this in the letter was, you're going to have to approach this with an open heart toward God, toward others, towards your own fears. And, and man, God was so faithful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're put into a community with, you know, we had what, 60, 70 yeah. people? How many people were there? 60 something. And you kind of get very vulnerable very quickly yeah. in front of people because you can't really hide. Um, but also in that in that environment as well. There's a lot of room for God to work on our hearts in that way. And so when you wrote that that letter, you're kind of laying a foundation that God was like, yes, now I'm going to work on all that stuff. Yeah. So it was good. You know, it's funny because I think about when I wrote it, I was writing what I really felt, but there was even then the part of me that was like, well, I feel like I've laid this out before. Mm. Nothing changed, but it did. It did change then. Oh, totally so changed. that was being there was just a huge time of transformation for me. So we're excited to go back. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah, sounds like a, a really a chore to be in New Zealand for three months on the coast. It's you know <laughs> somebody really has to do it, um, <laughs> and we just felt that we would take the hit. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. Rough <laughs> being on you know an island that is basically paradise. Yeah. Yeah, that's just, such a great environment for healing. Yeah, and it, for, it really is. Yeah, like just for being 
at peace with God and mm-hmm. looking at the ocean, seeing him in yeah. the midst of nature. I just Yeah. That that was one of the ways that he really spoke to me there. Just yeah, the the mountains, the water. You put mountains and ocean together, and for me that's like perfection. Oh, it's perfect. mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, dolphins and bioluminescent algae and oh my gosh yeah which was really cool that's a dream yeah and then all of the birds there that just parrots and what i I forget that parrots are natural to places yeah Yeah, these aren't like the super zoo yeah these aren't like the super people's houses (laughs) yeah they're not the super colorful ones but they have a couple of of different varieties there that are i think maybe unique to new zealand but yeah i don't know anyhow just loved all that So we'll be there to to be part of the team this time. Mm. So we're really excited about that. And because of that, we're trying to record a bunch of podcasts before yeah. we head out of here. <laughs> so we're stacking them up so that you all will have uh, stuff to listen to while we're away. Yeah. So while they're listening, you're probably already there. That's yeah. That's a good point. That's a very good point. <laughs> yeah. We are there. So we say hello from New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, as, as Janie said, we're going to talk today about what it means really to be vulnerable. And the benefits and there's, you know, there's different ways we could go with this because vulnerable can mean different things. You know, there's, there's the negative connotation of being vulnerable and then there's the positive connotation. Well, like when you say negative, do you mean like the idea that if I'm vulnerable, I can be hurt? Yeah. In in that sense. And Mm -hmm. I think that, that that's, that's something that often can prevent people from sharing, from allowing their lives to be experienced right. by other people. Yeah. Um, because, but it's safer to have on armor. Right. Because if you if you're vulnerable, then you're then you're not going to be protected or you're exposed. You're yeah. at risk. Those kinds of things. I actually when you just said that, I think I realized I'm like, I don't know if vulnerable is ever bad. I think it's just maybe the person you're vulnerable with that could be an unwise right. choice. Well I'm just saying the perception of that word of being vulnerable. Oh yeah. No, that, yeah. That people that might see that in a negative way when actually there's a really beautiful side of mm-hmm. vulnerability. Yeah, that allows us connection. So we're designed as human beings to be in relationship, and that was that's part of God's design for for us all. And and human beings are just generally relational. But it's very easy to always to cut to cut it off. You know, to say and through that that can happen through wounding. That can happen through. Well, yeah, we, we build walls to protect ourselves. Right. That just reminds me. A couple of weeks ago, I saw on on Facebook. Um, where you get all your good <laughs> theological points on Facebook, right? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> well, just hearing from lots of different people. Exactly. But I saw something that was really interesting, which was a list of um, psychological terms, like for emotions that you you might experience but not know that there's a name for. And one of them was Maurerbauer Traurigkeit. Oh my gosh. Is <laughs> How can you say it? That's crazy. The craziest, longest word. Maurerbauer Traurigkeit. It, it comes from the German for um, wall builder sadness. And huh. it's used huh. to describe people who push people away, even people who are close to them and don't really know why. Even even people that are in a good relationship with them, they like hmm. push them away. And I think that makes so much sense. If you've experienced rejection, if you're afraid of being rejected – then you will build walls, you know, the wall builder sadness. Yes. You will build walls to protect yourself. Yeah, at any cost. 
And even if it's someone who is a positive influence in your life, there's still that fear that they might reject me. So I have to preemptively build a wall so that that doesn't happen. And then when you do that, you find yourself cut off from meaningful relationship and there's sadness. So yeah. it just, it made so much sense to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's the thing. Like God wants our hearts to be soft. He doesn't want us to build up walls to keep him away, mm-hmm. to keep people away. We were made for connection. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I could ever pronounce that word. You just said. <laughs> <laughs> but that's true. We are made for connection. And that's one of the problems, you know, I think in the world today, and there's a whole other topic, but we see this constant drive to um, accentuate our differences, which then prevents us from actually living in love and connection and relationship with one another. Mm -hmm. And we're, um, I think that's part also of wounding. People are actually putting up walls. Yeah. In in that process. And it's understandable. I mean, I, I know I've done it. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I talk to other people, we pray with people who, you know, don't even realize that those walls are there. And then when Jesus shows them, you know, with it shows them in compassion, like what's going on. And they're like, oh, I didn't even realize where that came from. Right. Yeah. Well, it's this almost inner vows in a way of like, I will not let myself yeah. be hurt. Definitely. And that whole, I mean, I don't know if listeners, I don't know if you've heard about inner vows. I think it's probably phrased in lots of different ways across lots of different Mm -hmm. ministries and stuff like that. But when I was learning about them, it's basically if you say, I will never, it's like you, you just put up a wall and it actually sometimes creates this feeling in you that you are experiencing it because you're so scared to, so the example that they gave is this man was raised with a controlling mother. And so he was saying, I will never be controlled by a woman. I will never be controlled by a woman. Mm. And then he met a wonderful woman. He married her. And then he just was like, she's controlling me. And so he divorced her, even though it's not, it. Was, and then he married someone else. And then he's like, oh, this one's better. And, and then he's like, no, she's controlling me. And he divorced her. Cause yeah. he had this thing of, he just expect, he had a wall up and he decided I'm not going to let anyone touch this because I've been so hurt by control. So even something that's not control can was be perceived that way. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I took away is, mm. you know, this, we if we do that and we decide I won't let myself be hurt by this, it's right. like we become so tender to any little thing that might not even be yeah. control or whatever we interpret as bad. It might not even be that, but we're just hypersensitized. Yeah. Scared. Right. Scared. Yeah. And if if we're not, you know, extremely self-aware, which, you know, most of us walk through life not being super aware of where these things come from, then we we miss, we miss what the root is. We miss the opportunity to take it back to God and say, can you show me the truth about this? You know, and, and one that we've come across a lot is people who, you know, when they're young, something happens and you know, they're hurt and they're shamed for crying, particularly with, with young boys. Yeah. And they'll say, I'll never cry again. Well, I said that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I remember, I remember almost remember the moment where I said, I am, I will never cry again. I will never be you know emotional. And then it just, everything shut down. And it wasn't until years, years later after I yeah. came, really came back to, to the Lord and had an encounter with the Holy Spirit that the floodgates opened up yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah, which was huge. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, you know, and not just boys. I mean, certainly I I've known women that have been in that oh, position yeah. as men well. Men and but, women, for sure. But I think that you know, in in certain segments of our culture, there's there's this pressure on boys not to show emotion. You know, and I think Jesus. Um, so if we turn to scripture for a minute, you know, he he lived this such an interesting life. You know, in one sense, he was absolutely totally vulnerable and transparent. But he also was transparent to the level that his disciples could handle it. Mm, that's you know? a good point. So it's like as he, he's, if we think about Jesus for a minute and his vulnerability, I think there's a lot we can learn from that. Oh, definitely. Of course, Jesus was you know, perfect. So he didn't deal with a lot of the the struggles that we have in this life because he never sinned. So he never had, had brokenness in his life. And so he had never in one sense, a reason to put up walls mm -hmm. and all that. But as he hung on the cross, I mean, how more vulnerable could you possibly be hmm. than that? And if you think about him walking through the streets, surrounded by crowds, crowds reaching out and touching him mm -hmm. constantly, um, people demanding things of him and him being there and teaching in front of the crowds and, and everything that his father wanted him to teach and some of the stuff, frankly, made people mad. You know, it ultimately got him crucified. So Jesus laid his life out there in front of people. Yeah, and he wasn't afraid to show emotion either. Jesus yeah. wept. That's Scripture right. says that. You know, he... He connected with the people who were close to him on an emotional level. Yeah. And through his death on the cross, I think about also what he accomplished for us. I mean, he got rid of, through his death, obviously, sin in, in the broader sense. Obviously, we still deal with sin now, but he, he destroyed sin. He put sin to death. He took care uh, of all the brokennesses and the pains and the hurts and all the things we experience in this life that all went to the cross yep. with him as well. Shame. Shame, a huge one. And as, as a result of that, he made it possible for us to be in real honest, open and vulnerable relationship with one another. And that's because in him and faith in him, we have this incredible new identity. Mm. Now we are sons and daughters of a loving father, we're brothers and sisters with Jesus. We have, uh, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Jesus. And so we have this, this opportunity that's been given to us, this gift that's been given to us. We can actually live shame-free, vulnerable yeah. lives in a very real, authentic kind of way. But our brokenness tends to be the thing that keeps us from stepping out into that. Yeah. Well, I mean, and... <laughs> We've talked about being vulnerable with other people, but you know we can also attempt to hide things from God. Mm -hmm. It's just really sort of ridiculous because I mean, let's be honest, God knows anyway. You can't right. really hide something from God, but but yeah, those things that feel shameful or you know where we we know we've screwed up, we tend to not talk to God about those things yeah. and withhold them. But He already knows, and as you just said, there's no condemnation. Yeah. He just wants our hearts to be open to him because then he can heal our hearts. Mm -hmm. And when our hearts are, are right with him, we have no fear to go out right. and, and be open with, uh, with people. Yeah. I always think that the greatest way we can demonstrate faith is to believe that God meant when he said mm -hmm. that we we're forgiven. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if we go through life believing that we do have shame, that we do have things about us that are dirty, that shouldn't be shown, are we really believing that Jesus wiped us clean? Are we really believing that we right. are fresh new creations? If someone believes that they have a lot to hide, we have some – the good news is we have some space to grow because mm-hmm. we can grow in understanding to our core mm. that Jesus' forgiveness makes us so that we have nothing to hide. Right. That we, even if we have bad pasts, even if we have sin, even actively in our lives, that Jesus' sacrifice is enough to make it so that that is who we are no matter what we do. Right. Um, but easier said than done. It I know is, we all yeah. have we all encounter people who will people will judge us yeah. for things that we've done wrong or even things we've done right. Like Jesus was judged. You know, that does not mean that we're on the wrong path. Like even Jesus right. was Jesus was judged and he did literally nothing wrong. Right? Yeah. But I do think, especially when we know that it was a sin. So if I had confessed to someone like one of my stories of vulnerability, because I've been really set out to be vulnerable and painfully honest ways. Mm-hmm. Um, one, because I have this goal of being unblackmailable, of being completely free, just having yeah. nothing above my head, like nothing held over me, no fear that someone's going to find something out. I just have this desire. I'm like, you know what? It doesn't matter what people think of me as much as it matters to me that I am free mm. and that I have just that nothing to hide, no shame. I can walk in confidence. And if people judge me, that's their choice. My choice is to be free. And that's the part I can control. But it is hard because some acts are judged. And I remember when I was 20, I was um, writing blogs when I was traveling and my I had to send them to my mom and she posted them for me because I didn't have access to internet, but I had access to an email sometimes. So I would just write it all out email to her, and then she would upload it for me. So she would read them before uploading it. And in them, in one of them, I was just very open about struggling with lust. Um, and I went into, not not graphic, you know, but just specifics of how that looked in my life. And I remember my mom was like, I don't want you to say that. <laughs> and she's like, I feel like people are going to judge you. And um, people don't know you. They're going to judge you. And I was like, so what? Like, I remember being like, so what? This is something that I feel passionate about. I wanted to hear this from other people. I wanted to know that this was something that was normal to walk through and that the other people could understand me. And so I was like, you know what? If people judge me, I don't care. This is my truth. I'm walking through this. I'm trying to heal. I want to be open with others. And, but that was also a thing where, um, you know, the whole don't throw your pearls to swine. Mm. To me, these weren't really pearls. Like if someone that was swine found out about this, I wouldn't really care. Mm-hmm. You know, I do think there's wisdom to like I there are some things from my past. There's nothing from my past that I haven't told someone. Yeah. But there are things from my past that I'm careful about who I tell. That's, and that's wisdom. And that's mm-hmm. wisdom. Yeah. Because some things, even if other people would be embarrassed, I'm not that I don't get embarrassed very easily. Yeah. Other things, I'm like, you know. I'm going to be wise because that is something tender to me. That's a pearl. Yeah. And if if I gave that to someone who threw it online, that would be hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like there is wisdom, but in general, I I think a lot of things to me aren't pearls. They're more um, common, I yeah. don't know, fake silver. I don't know. <laughs> they're common. They're just like, you know, if someone found out, that's okay. Yeah. And 
that's the, I think that's the thing we can discern God with is, is this a pearl where I want to be really particular about who I tell and who are the people that I can tell this to mm-hmm. and be free, but also be wise. And yeah. then what are the things in my life that actually God's encouraging me to not hold as pearls, but to hold more freely and to share with more people Yeah, because maybe more people are in need of our message. You know, when I was training at seminary to be um, an Anglican priest, it was, I can't remember if it was said explicitly or it was just, it was just what was gleaned in that as, you know, as you stand up in front of a congregation, you know, you don't, you have to be careful about how vulnerable that you actually are. And, you know, as a result, I haven't met a whole lot of people who, um, you know, are standing up front like that and sharing the really, really difficult parts of mm. their lives. And I know that sometimes that's not appropriate and there are other better formats for it. But for me, when I'm, when I'm listening to people speaking and teaching or or in any capacity, it doesn't have to be just in the church. And they're actually telling me something about their life, telling me something about how they've struggled, telling me something that actually makes them human and real mm-hmm. yeah. in a sense. It, it tends to have a hu- much bigger impact. Yeah, because me. those stories appeal to the heart. Yeah. And I, I love that. I love when, when someone who's preaching really shares vulnerably as a human. Yeah. You know, and then we can see how how God met them in those circumstances mm-hmm. and, and the testimony becomes powerful. I mean, I know I, I had somewhat of an experience with that when we were um we were at a Father Heart school and on short notice I was asked to speak in the next session and I hadn't prepared anything and it was one of those help Lord prayers, give me something to share. And I felt that I should share about my experience with obsessive compulsive disorder. And, you know, now it's, it's something I don't think twice about. Like I've shared about it in my book. I share about it in many places where we, you know, speak and minister to people. But back then I hadn't shared it with a lot of people. And, and I think there may have still been a little shame clinging to that, you know, the sort of the stigma of mental illness type issues. But I felt that the Lord was telling me to share that story and so I went up there to speak, and I knew some of the people in the audience and some others I didn't know. But I just kind of laid it all out, my struggle through years of battling um, just really deep, deep fear and anxiety and compulsive behaviors. And as I was sharing, I looked out at this one young woman that I, I'd never met before that conference, and she had flown halfway around the world to get there. And I looked at her and I saw the tears in her eyes and I knew, I knew that she was struggling with the mm-hmm. same thing. And in that moment, I just like any shame that was still clinging to me just went away. And I felt this incredible connection. And I knew that my testimony of what God had done to lead me through that and, and to help me overcome that struggle, it was powerful. And if I had not been willing to stand there in vulnerability and talk about my struggle, it wouldn't have impacted her that day. And and it it is someone that we're we're still in touch with, Aww. and she has had incredible healing. And I'm just so I'm so grateful at the way God can can use our stories if we're willing to be vulnerable to bring healing to others. I love that sometimes He can give you a little nudge of like, 
this is a good time to share. (laughs) Your your heart rate goes up a little bit and you're like, Lord, is that you? Yep. Yep. That's you. I know. And then it's that battle of, I think really a lot of the battle we go through as Christians is oversharing versus undersharing. And it's that discernment. And Jesus shows us that, you know, he didn't share everything with the disciples. He didn't share everything with the public. He had levels and he knew Mm. what the disciples could handle. He knew what was only for him and God. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah, it was always about them because he had nothing to hide. But it was about right. And if he'd laid out the whole story, yeah, to them right. at the beginning, I mean, I don't know if they all would have hung around. Or even in the garden when he was talking to the father and said, mm-hmm. "If there's any other way, you know, I think I think he knew that that wasn't something to open up to the group for discussion. Mm-hmm. That was something that right. was just between him and very God. very intimate. Yeah, and that can be. I think there are some things in our life where it's easy. Sometimes some of us are just geared, like me, geared towards tell everyone, have no boundaries, have no walls. I'm less so now. I've worked on it. But um, <laughs> I think there is wisdom to that tension of have be fearless with vulnerability, but wisdom yes. in mm-hmm. who you tell things to yeah. at times. Right. And because not everybody is able to receive right. what what you have to share or maybe they're not safe to share it with. Yeah. Or there and, might be a better time. Right. There's so many different things and God can tell you because that's the best thing about discernment is he can be like, not now. Right. <laughs> so boundaries boundaries are important, yeah. but not walls. We don't want yes. walls in our lives. That, Impenetrable walls right. versus- <laughs> Yeah, boundaries versus walls. That's yeah. a very good distinction to make, yeah. I think. And it is. it really comes down to that the wisdom and discernment that comes from the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been times where- even in prayer sessions, when I've had something come to mind as we're ministering to somebody, well, this is, gosh, this is something I could share with that person that's a very vulnerable thing yeah. in my life that might help them. And I've heard the Holy Spirit say, no. <laughs> yeah. And that's, you know. But sometimes you do have to do and that. Sometimes and, the Holy I Spirit mean, says, yes. You know. I can share an example that um, I, I was in a prayer room praying with someone who was having a really hard time kind of getting to the root, like even sharing what she was struggling with. It was just, we could tell there was a wall there. She wasn't really opening her heart and we, she desperately wanted God to meet her, but there was a hang up in there. Mm-hmm. And I was praying. I didn't know exactly where to go. And another woman who was in there praying with us, part of our team came out with the most vulnerable thing I have ever heard. And it was not something I knew about her, but she she shared right in that place about an abortion experience. Mm-hmm. And I went, whoa, she just went there. And that's what broke it open. Mm-hmm. And the other woman started weeping and said, how did you know? Oh, that's wow. what I'm struggling with. Right. And and I'm just like, God, you are amazing. Because yeah. in that moment, this this younger woman looking at this older woman who's like, I've been there. I know the pain. It was it was beautiful yeah. because the woman's shame just fell away and she was able to bear her heart and she was able to receive mm. forgiveness from the Lord mm. and yeah, just a lot of peace. Yeah, there's just power. There's yeah, power there was so much power yeah, in that. But that is. that other woman who shared that about her life, it's not like she's walking around on the street telling mm. that yeah. story to everyone, but in that moment the Holy Spirit said, Now it's very mm. situational. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a I wasn't in there, but I know that was a very powerful moment. Yeah, yeah so th- it's 
so we're, what we're not saying on this podcast is that go share everything with everybody all the time. Yeah. That's not what we're saying. But, but, we're but saying, keep your heart soft and keep, open. Right. So mm-hmm. that if, if that moment arises, as the Holy Spirit says, you know what, this is a time where if you share that thing, whatever it is, mm-hmm. or your life, that's going to actually help unlock something for other people. Yeah. But I'm going to be able to use that. And maybe for that. you. And well, and maybe in sharing it, that helps. Yeah. yeah that it helped well. me yeah. sharing my experience because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had a little little fear and trepidation about that. But once I saw what God was doing, yeah. no more fear. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the world, when it thinks about vulnerability, it doesn't think about it, obviously, from the, from a from a Christian or godly kind of lens. It think you think about vulnerability as um somehow becoming powerless or becoming a victim. You know, mm-hmm. if I were to if I were to let somebody know something about myself, then they're going to take advantage of me or or hurt me in some way because of it. And and if you don't have the Holy Spirit and you're not discerning, you know, when to share and when not to share, then I suppose that could happen. Right, you well, share something, and and even it, it could happen. Even if God tells you, "Hey, I want you to share," mm-hmm. they could still use it against you. Yeah, they like, well, I don't know. If, like I think there can sometimes be value to being brave in vulnerability, regardless of the result, because that's mm-hmm. that's really that's a real vulnerability. Is mm-hmm. not knowing will this benefit me or will this hurt me, and to be, I think the key is like if you know. I am so secure in my identity. I know who I am. I know whose I am. I'm I'm not going to be broken mm-hmm. by someone knowing this about me. Even if they use it against me, I know who I am. I think really I would recommend doing a deep dive into identity before you know really practicing vulnerability. <laughs> Maybe simultaneously at least, yeah. but I think that's the thing is if you don't know who you are and you do practice vulnerability and someone does betray you and they go and yeah. tell other people, if that's not something you can handle because you don't know who you are, that's a good point. <laughs> then that's that's gonna be really damaging. Mm-hmm. But I think the way God designed us is to know who we are so mm-hmm. deeply that we can be so open so that if someone does betray you and they go and spread something about you or they they use it against you in some way because people you know, God can't control people. He can see someone's heart, but he can't control them. Um, then you're still okay mm-hmm. because yeah. you know, okay, that was worth the risk of helping them because this didn't, this didn't damage me. This didn't, this didn't destroy me. You know, it hurts, but I'm not, I still know who I am. Yeah. You know, and I think that yeah. the perfect biblical example of that, of course, is Jesus because he knew mm-hmm. who he was. He was the son of God. He was affirmed by his father. And so he was able to be vulnerable and go to those places of shame and scorn and still know who he was. And know that he fundamentally was loved. Mm -hmm. Right. And that because he was so loved by his father, because of who his father was and who he is, that really nothing else mattered, Mm -hmm. quite literally. And so that is the place where God is calling us to be as well. Yeah. Just Jesus could do it perfectly, and we struggle with it, right? Yeah. But that is ultimately where, where, where he wants us to be, is that where we're so rock solid in knowing our identity, knowing who we are, knew, knowing how loved we are, that nothing will shake us. That when the, you know, when the, uh, the wind blows and the, the streams rise, that the house you know, will not be 
not be swept away as Jesus teaches in that, that mm. parable, but we'll be grounded on, on the rock yeah. and the love that is the rock. You know, and uh, this thought just came to mind. I mean, we have both of our children are Gen Z and we haven't done a lot with like Gen Z ministry. We've done more with millennials, mm. but from what I've read and, you know, talking to my friends who, who work with Gen Z a lot and, and just seeing, you know, our, our children's friends, Gen Z seems to really value vulnerability yeah. and mm-hmm. authenticity, which is interesting because millennials, you know, as a whole, I know you're a millennial, Janie, right? Yep. Representing. <laughs> so, but I don't, I don't want to group you in this because I, I, I don't know what you're going to say. I'm oh. afraid. Janie is, is entirely unique. No, no well, I, I actually feel very millennial. Like there are a lot of things where I'm like, totally. I am exactly that. Some things not, but is, in is a it, lot of ways. Is it the avocado toast? Uh, I mean, obviously. No, we, also, we, we both love avocado toast, yeah. so it's okay. But I think also like, the things that people make fun of millennials for, I'm like, huh, yeah, that's kind of me. Like there are some <laughs> things where I'm like, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> I'm okay with it. But I, I just think well, that in ministering to, to Gen Z, like if, if we can come to them from a place of knowing our identity, because I think that is something a lot of them struggle with. And when we approach them firm in our identity and then being able to be vulnerable and authentic, like that's going to resonate. Yeah. And as I was, I was going to say about the millennial side of thing, it's that, that there's among millennials, there's more of a resistance to doing anything that might cause pain or might cause, yeah. maybe that's a human condition, but still there's something of, I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want like to be the a victim. Se- like I the don't search for a, pleasure through yeah, life kind of thing. A, it's just different. But you're right about the Gen, the Gen Z uh, and we have seen this, yeah, this real desire for the the authentic vulnerability. Yeah, and you know they'll just they'll come right out and they'll share their mental health struggles. Yeah, or, just like right yeah. out there. And I'm like, lay it on the wow, table. okay, well, okay, I'm happy to happy to meet you right there, you know, and we can talk about this. What a difference from like the generation above you guys. Like, oh, what yeah. a difference from them to Gen Z. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah, because our our you know since the greatest generation, so like our our parents' generation and beyond that, it was. You just don't get vulnerable yeah. about anything. Right. Um, don't talk about it. <laughs> don't, just don't, yeah, don't talk about it. But it, I think we're presented with this phenomenal opportunity now mm. with um, the Gen Z folks and, you know, who knows what now, the next one, Alpha. Alpha. I don't know what they're like. but <laughs> I didn't even know that's what they're called. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Alpha. But the, the Gen Zs, we have um, an opportunity. If we are willing then to be vulnerable ourselves, to meet them somewhere. To mm. actually be authentic and and have them respond mm. in a way that I think could be really exciting, and maybe that's happening out there in ministries at yeah. this point. Yeah. So there's um, there's a lot of power in true godly vulnerability, and in listening and discerning. You know, obviously how and when to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. but it can change the atmosphere. Yeah. So it'd be cool if if you guys had any stories. Listeners, if you had any stories on when you saw a real breakthrough, yeah, from oh yeah, we'd love to hear that. That would be great to hear because mm-hmm. a lot of times that will that's encouraging to me when I hear someone else going out on a limb and being like, yeah. God told me to tell someone that I struggled with this, and then they just broke down. Like how you were just saying, you know, mm-hmm. it's, sometimes God just tells you, Hey, I need like it'd be great if you could be vulnerable right mm-hmm. now. But He's so gentle with us. I think that's the best thing too. Is He's right. so understanding and gentle 
that we don't have to worry about him being like pushing without reason mm-hmm. or pushing too hard on or you. Like he's just, just throwing us to the wolves. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't do that. Yeah. He's so good at the same time. But mm-hmm. he also, if he is pushing you to be more vulnerable, I think it's worth it. Yeah. There's always a reason for it. It's, right. it's yeah. not for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe this is a good time to pray a little yeah. bit about that. Um, and again, just as, as a beginning, we're, we're, as we talk about vulnerability, obviously there's the wisdom and discernment, you know, of what to share, when to share and how to share it. Um, cause we know that, that, you know, maybe some of you who are listening, you've been really hurt and really wounded by people and you're just not ready at yeah. this point. You know, and maybe you have share shared something even, you. even in the church. Right. And somebody's used it against you. And if that's you, right. I'm so sorry. And on the flip side of that, maybe there's something that God has been speaking to you about that it's time to share. It's time to open up. It's time to find that person, or maybe you already know that person who is trustworthy, that you can share that that hurt, that pain, that wound, that thing that happened to you, whatever it might be. And there's such power in speaking that out yeah. and sharing um, what's going on in the inside. Well, because we we then shed our own burden and we right. take on the yoke of Christ, which is, mm-hmm. is light. And if you're a you know pastor or leader in ministry, I really would encourage you as well, because I've had to learn this, you know, on, on my own. And that is that uh, don't be afraid to be real with people. Mm. To let them actually into essentially invite them into your life through what you share. Yeah. You know, there's kind of silly a- anecdotal things you can share about your life story, but actually the hard things. Um, not everything, obviously, you need to discernment, but there's opportunities when you can share something in a very real, authentic way that will break through uh, people's hearts. Yeah. And that's how relationships of trust are built. Yeah. yeah and also, it, it sets a precedent for what does living without shame look like? Yeah. yeah. Because that's what Jesus wants for yep. us. So if you're totally. I mean, whatever leadership capacity you have, whether it's to a church or whether it's to a group of people, whether it's to your kids, whatever it is, if you have the power to set a precedent of, actually, I don't have to be ashamed. I can be vulnerable because Mm -hmm. it might help someone. What an example that sets Mm -hmm. for not only vulnerability, but also that identity, that shame-free living. Because again, like I said before, Really, walking without shame is a huge way that we can trust Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's a huge way that we demonstrate faith because we're believing that He has forgiven us. We're believing it's enough. Yeah. So yeah. they're setting that precedent. You you are <laughs> you are leading the charge. Yeah, and it's and as you as you step out in that faith, then He teaches you and shows you, and through the healing that He gives you, then that shame really does begin to fade away, mm-hmm. and 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 gets healed. So then. You know, where there is no shame, life just grows with such abundance and there's so much that can happen. So so let's pray, Mm. shall we? Oh, Father God, thank you. Thank you that you sent us Jesus and that Jesus, in walking so vulnerably on this earth, yet with such a absolute sense 
of his identity and his being loved by you, that he knew that he knew that he knew who he was and who, whose he belonged to and where he came from, that he was able to give us that perfect example of walking in vulnerability and in the confidence uh, that actually he now, through his death on the cross, has made possible for us. Mm. So we thank you, Jesus, for what you did for us. Out of love, out of grace, that you have given us the promise and the potential for a shame-free life. And I pray for anybody who is listening right now, and I pray for ourselves as well. If there's any area of shame, of hurt, brokenness in our lives that are preventing us from living in the fullness of the freedom that is ours in Jesus, ah, Jesus, I pray that you will help us to be vulnerable before you and to open our hearts to you so that you can come in to those deep places and bring healing. If there's anyone out there right now who's struggling with mental health issues and maybe experiencing shame over that and just maybe you feel you, you can't talk to people about it and you're afraid you'll be judged, I just right now want to want to let you know that you are not less than because of what you're struggling with. Mm. The Lord loves you. And and it's okay. He can meet you in that struggle. Right. And there is freedom. There yep. is freedom. And he wants to, to bring that freedom through his love and allow you to overflow mm. with love for others. Your struggle is not for nothing, but he can redeem it. Jesus knows, the Father knows, the Holy Spirit knows where you're hurting the most. And he doesn't condemn you or shame you or in any way think anything else about you other than that he loves you. Mm. And we know that walking in this life is hard. And Jesus, it's, it's hard. I mean, you walk this life, so you know it. And we thank you that you did it you know, ahead of us. But Jesus, we need um, we need you. We need you very badly. And we thank you that you've said that I will be with you always to the very end of the age. And our dream, our hope, um, is that we will live uh, in a world, certainly in a in a church, in a body of, of believers who are able to walk in healing and transparency and vulnerability authentically living out our lives for the gospel for you jesus for one another because that's where the transformational power of the gospel lies and you so loved the world that she came because you wanted us all to experience that and so Again, we pray for anybody uh, who is listening right now, or maybe people that you know that are struggling, 
And as always, our heart for you is to know the total freedom and peace and healing that comes from God alone. So we, we ask you, Jesus, to help us all. Help us all to be more vulnerable. Help us all to be more wise, to give us discernment, to give us that knowing of when to share and not to share, but most importantly, um, knowing who we are, that we will know who we are. So we pray all of this in the name of our amazing Savior, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, I guess Shay and I, I guess since we're in New Zealand as we're recording this, well, not really. But <laughs> as it's being as broadcast. As it's being broadcast. Um, I guess we'll go get back to what we're doing, right? <laughs> no, just kidding. But, um, uh, what's the... This hang loose. Yeah. Yeah. Hang, like, loose. hang loose, everyone. <laughs> yeah, right, right. We'll go back to chilling. <laughs> right. In the mountains, yeah. on the sea. Yeah. But we really appreciate um, you all for listening uh, to what, you know, it's on our hearts. The whole point of this podcast is not just to hear ourselves talk, um, but to, uh, to try to share something that God's put on our hearts that we hope will resonate in your hearts as well. And that's why we try to talk about the topics that we do. We're always, you know, we, we listen to the Holy Spirit and say, okay, well, what, you know, what, what's next? What, what, what is it that's on your heart, God? And what is it that people need to hear for their own hearts? So we hope we're providing that for you. And if you have suggestions, please reach out. Yeah. We're always open to topic ideas. Yeah. We love doing this. It's a lot of fun. Um, and if you do enjoy this, uh, it'd be really great if you could go and uh, rate us. I don't know how this whole process works. I'm, it's not yeah, whatever name. platform you're on, whether it's uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Anchor, wherever you are, um, yeah, we'd appreciate a rating and a review if you're willing, if, if you've enjoyed this. Um, it helps us get the word out to everyone. Yeah. And that's what we want. Mm. That's what we want. Uh, so I guess that's it. Anything else you guys want to share before we say goodbye? I want to go into one of my deep, dark secrets. That's and... right. We've been waiting to the very end of the podcast. She's going to back up. She's going to spring it on us. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. And we will talk to you next time. God bless. You've been listening to the What If We Loved podcast. If you enjoyed this episode... We'd love for you to subscribe and also leave us a rating. It really helps us get the word out there. For more information about our ministry, Love Inside Out, please visit our website at loveinsideout.org. Thanks for listening.